Hi, and welcome to She's the Boss Chats. I'm your host, Jules Brooke, and in the show, I interview amazing women and female founders about what it is that they're doing and why they're doing it. It's all about us lifting up the women around us. Karina Bruce, it is fantastic to have you here. And I'm really excited because we're together, which makes it unusually I know. nice. Hold on, are we doing the 1.5? <laughs> <laughs> I think we are probably yeah. doing the 1.5. And of course, we're sitting on my bed, which is great, but it's handy because you live comfy. around the corner. So we've got lots of soft surfaces. So hopefully we won't sound too echoey. So this is all about you and your business and what you've learned along the way. And I know you've learned loads. So I'm going to start with what it is that you're doing now. Yep. Um, tell everyone what it is that you do now and why. So we have um, Blazer is the co-founder of the business that we run, which is called Hear Us Raw. Mm-hmm. Um, and effectively, it is a marketplace for curvy women to be able to go and find beautiful fashion that's quality, um, that's available, you know, that's just really from lingerie all the way through to, you know, Well, I can do a little wear. testimonial just oh. when you had your little pop-up shop last year yes. and I went out to High Point and just got the best, and everyone's commented on it, that the best blue sequin jacket, so everyone who's seen that. But I also yep. tried on loads of different things and I had that newsprint coach. Oh, that was good. That was from um, Embody Women. And I can't remember what all the other ones were, but there was You've some really... So and Diane Cavino, that sequin jacket. Yeah, that sequin jacket is gorgeous and I wear it as much as I can now. But I guess the point is that with being being a curvy woman and you said it on the show as well when you were on the show, there's just nothing around. So tell everyone well I'm jumping into your why. Yes. Yes. So give us your why. So I think growing up, I've always been sizable. So I've you know, I've always been, you know, at least a size 16 or above growing up. So in my... What, since you, since you were sort of 12, 13? Yes. Really? All in my high school years. And was that just height? Because you don't um, look like no, curvy, really. No, no, it okay. wasn't. Okay, all right. But, you know, it's... it's well, it's I'm, I was the fact. same. I it's, was the same. Yeah. You know, you just kind of, you know, I used food for comfort because I was bullied and there was a few, you know, there's stories behind that. Mm. And then, um, you know, I kind of got myself on track and I got, into modelling in year 11, year 12. What a great fuck you to all those oh people my giving God. you a hard I'm time. S- I'm sorry. I know that's probably no, inappropriate to say that, but I, I was, sh- I was shocked. I was like, <laughs> I was like, no, they're taking the piss. I yeah. actually thought they were joking when they approached me to, to do so it. So where did they approach you? Like you hear of these stories where you're oh, standing at no, a bus stop. I'm not, no, no, no. So like, it was um, a friend of mine. So yeah. she was a hair and makeup artist and mm. I was going shoots with her um, just as like helping her out, assisting, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and then one day she goes, Karen, you really need to do curve modeling. And I'm like, don't be daft. There's no friggin' way I am going to be a curve model. I was like, you know, cause you, you, society Imposter syndrome. Yeah, people all tell me, people been, laugh been telling at me. me for so long that, yeah. you know, I was bigger. Which is and so I was rubbish because you're and... the one who told me size 16 is the average size oh, for absolutely. women. Absolutely. Absolutely. In Thank Australia, goodness. it's the average size. <laughs> so I, um, you know, and I used to grow up, I used to wear my dad's Hawaiian shirts. You know, right. do, do you remember when Clueless was on? The movie yes, Clueless back yes, in the day yes. and all my friends. That was Alicia. Uh, Alicia Silverstone, Silverstone, yes, with the knee-high socks and the little 
tuck oh, those little tuck mini skirts. Yeah, yeah, that was my era of you know when I was t- kind of right. going out and you know I could never. Mine was seen. more Boy George. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Big love coats, it. tangly hair, yes. Madonna. Although that was sort of wearing bras out, and I had really big boobs, oh, and I was that. just so desperate to wear my, the bras out. But in those days, bras for big boobs were like beige scaffolding oh, yeah. is what of I course. used to call them. Yeah. Just they, they weren't anything sexy about Nothing. them at all. And oh, you'd look course. at Madonna wearing these great things off the shoulder yeah. and showing off her bra straps. And I was like, I can't show anyone my beige no. practical well, bra strap. But anyway, so you had Alicia Silverstone. Yes. Yeah, so I was, you know, so I was always, you know, that one in the Hawaiian shirt, you know, from my dad's closet and the, you know, the big kind of crate black pants and it was completely unfashionable. Oh, the boys version of of that, right? Okay. 100%. And so because because there was no choice. There was no internet, you know, marketplaces all over the place. And there were no pictures of curvy women in the media anywhere. And I and I was one of Vivian's first Vivian's model management's first curve young women. Right. You know, to, to grace their board. Wow. Um and so I all of a sudden when I first, so anyway, back to the story about how I got yeah, into the yeah, modeling. Yeah. Let me finish that story first. Um, and I went and she said, look, I've just got, so I, I kept on saying no to my friend who was the hair and makeup artist. I, I really didn't, I, I just felt like I'd, I'd get rejected. Right. I really genuinely felt that I don't want to put myself up for that level of rejection again. Cause like you get it constantly yeah. growing up as it is and, and being a woman yeah, and being overweight and don't need it. Anyway. So I thought, you know, so I'm going to, and she goes, look, I've, I've got an appointment with, you know, um, another sort of, you know, job I'm doing come along. And we drove up and it was in Turak. And I'm like, okay, so where are we going? She goes, Karina, I've booked you in to go see the modelling agency. And I'm like, you didn't. I love her already. I I absolutely love her for doing that. I was like, no way. I said, I'm not doing it. I told you I'm sitting in the car. I'm not going in. (laughs) And then she looked at me and she goes, Karina, I've got my reputation on the line here now. I've put. I can't call them and say no. This is this is my life, like my business. They have made time for you based on my request. Correct. And then I thought, oh shit, now I feel bad. Look, I'll just go in, suck it up. They'll say no, and I'll walk out again. And she'll be in the car with me. I've got someone to talk to. Yeah, and I'll like berate her all the way home because I would, you know, you shouldn't have been. I told you. I told you so. (laughs) So I walked in, um, and they accepted me on the spot. Oh my god! Like on the spot, and I was just like. Uh, okay. What? What? <laughs> I was just. That is I was, amazing. Yeah. And then I'm not then surprised. On, You're so I, stunning. I just started working a lot with you know. And you, it's height players. as well that they want. So of they're course. probably they're looking for all sorts of things, well, not I think, just. I think back in the day, like I started modelling 15, almost 20 years ago. Which is oh what God, 2000 around 2000. Yes. Yeah. Before then, 1997, I think it was. Oh right. My God. God, how old were you? Five? No, I wish. <laughs> no, I was literally in year 11. So right. I would have been, or year 12, I would have been, you know, 17, yeah. 18 at yeah. the time. And so I... Um, so she, you've gone to the Vivians and they've said yes. Yeah, they've what said yes. And then um, I started working so much. I paid my for my way through university. I was booked all the time. And then I was like... This so who's fantastic. booking you? So who was booking Maya, you? Maya. A lot was, you know, Maya. Oh, good on Harris them. scarf, you know, the The, the big catalogue kind of stuff. Yep, stuff. Right. And then there was the, you know, the smaller, more independent brands as well. Um, you know, even like Levi's and stuff like that. And then I yeah. thought, this is great because this is showing women that they don't have to be, because I was really nervous. I was like, 
you know, how do you get somebody that's been bullied and overweight for most of their life to come out of their shell and be a model? Are you serious? That's right. That's right. So I took, someone said to me um, this and I took it, it's not about you, it's about the message that you're sharing with all these other women that are out ah, there. Oh, nice empowering message. It was an incredibly, but I needed to hear that yeah. and then it wasn't about me anymore and I wasn't insecure and I wasn't, oh my God. You were a vessel uh, for like correct. getting this message out I was there. like, you know what, if this means that there's less anorexic, bulimic, you know, teenagers going through you know, the course of their life because they see real women surrounding the culture of all the, you know, the, the skinny and, you know, the mainstream women that are out there, at least there's a bit of light, then a bit of hope. Yes. You know, that little bit of light, that little star shining. Maybe I'll be corner. lucky like her. Yeah, yeah, it was more just like, you know, there are options. So that was kind of, you know, when I go back to the Here Us Raw concept, that's where it all stemmed from. It stemmed from the fact that there was no fashion choices I wanted to go out like Alicia Silverstone with my girlfriends, but I couldn't because there was no options for me to have the equivalent that would look appropriate on me. Yeah, right. And even if I didn't, I just had no choice. Even if I wanted to do that, that the ones that were the Alicia Silverstone producing brands didn't go I mean, up to I my I mean, I still sides. see it now. I see girls who are, who are really... Not, I wouldn't even call them big girls. I would just say that they're normal, but they're a little bit more solid than those stick models that they have on things yep. who are wearing clothes that I think is deeply unflattering. Yes. And deeply but, awful because they probably fit into it exactly, and they're so thrilled that exactly. there's just something. Jules, you know what it is? It's it's choice. At least they've got the yeah, choice. Yeah, true. Back when I was, I, uh, there was no choice. Yeah. It was dad's Hawaiian shirt and it was the crepe pants, the end. Yeah. So I just embrace the fact that Whatever style voice they want to have, if it is that they want to wear inappropriate yeah, things, course. that's on them. That's you do you. Yeah. And if that's if that's what you want, absolutely party on. As long as that brand that that, that they're purchasing Wearing. from yeah. goes to a size that's in- inclusive and embraces yeah, women that are not you know size six, especially when. You know, the average woman is a size 16. I mean, So who's... are there very many brands? Well, I don't even need to ask that, actually. I was going to say are there are many brands that don't go to a 16 now, but there are loads. Um, there are loads. And not only there that, loads. the 16s that they have are really 14s or 12s. Yeah, and it also Which is correct. deeply, deeply so that <laughs> demoralising when you walk in, try on a 14 or a 16 and yeah, go, and it's really oh, my 12. God, it's really too, too tight. I yeah. don't, you know. I've... Well, I think that goes back to the second sort of, you know, part to the Hear Us Raw journeys. There was a lot of brands that we would see doing exactly that, that they would basically just grade up. So size 6, size 8, size 10, they'd just continue it through to a size 16, if not an 18, right? Yeah. You can't do that when it comes to curve. The true brands that are supportive of the curvy woman and the curvy physique are the ones that would get a fit model in at a size 16 and make the changes that are appropriate for curvy women. Right. So, so you what you're saying is up. you just can't grade no, up. No, yeah. you can't. And I mean the other there's, thing. there's things that change and move yeah. and hips and true. breasts and arms and everything's and different. Tummies you know? and tummies. Yeah. Absolutely. And they're all disproportionate and all over the place. And you've got to be able to have someone that the – pattern makers can actually create and a lot of the the brands that we have on the hear us or platform a lot of them actually double grade which means that that, you know most brands go for two and a half centimeters and they just grade up every you know oh is that what a size difference is two and a half centimeters okay between the two so five and then that that so that's what we do we make it so they do a double grade so it's it's a more generous so you know if i was going to buy one of my brands i would need to consider which brand it is and go, right, yep, okay, so I want to be a small in that or I want to be a medium in that or I want to be right. a large in that. It'll all fit me. Yeah. But it's being able to understand the brand and... And how they're fitting. How they're fitting for you. And that's 
that's part of what we wanted to do at Hear Us Row. We wanted to create a whole plethora of choice for people. You know, whether it I be, it. you know, whether you're, you're 50 years old or you're 20 years old, you can go to Hear Us Raw and you can hopefully find something. And you Curves know, takes on all sorts of things because Curves is really course. tall and really what I'd call quite slim, but really you're just too tall for all the yep. um, and there's bigger also brands. The, the, and then there's the really petite yes, women who are a bit we larger get a as lot well. of petite women, you know, um, that, you know, are very round and they're, yeah. you know, please See, help. I think of them with pants and things. Like everything would be mm. hopeless. You can't just turn them up. Yeah. Turn up the pants. So it's kind of that. So that's kind of the reason why I, you know, Blaze and I wanted to start Hear Us Raw because when we were doing the modelling, because Blaze is also a curved model, we were, you know, we, we were constantly being put in things that we would never wear. Yeah, right. And I'm like, so not only is there no choice, but I have to, the choice that I do have, you're forcing me to wear this. Are you serious? Yeah, right. Yeah. Because no. I think so, I mentioned, I remember, I can't remember what the brand was in, in, England, but there was a brand that I loved that had things that I had never, ever seen in Australia because I was probably a 16-ish when I was in London and you could go in off the shelf and be, and it was things that were way too big for me. And the other thing that I really loved, and I remember Trent Nathan doing it in Australia back when I was, I think I was maybe looking for clothes for my year 12 thing back in the 80s. But I remember thinking, oh my God, I fit a size 10. Now there was no way that was really size 10. It was more like a size 14. But he had given smaller sizes on bigger shapes, if you know what I mean. So you'd you'd walk out going, oh, my God, I feel amazing and I fit into a size 12. Yeah. You know, and then the designers just do not think about that on a lot of brands. But also, you know, it's not sexy to to be able to cater for the curve market, right? Yeah, right. When you're thinking from a designer perspective, they want to be catering for the size 6s and the size 8s of this world. I wonder why. It's just it's a funny mindset, isn't it? I know that they used to say... They used to say it was if you're thinner, the clothes hang better. But, I mean, surely you don't make clothes to hang anyway. (laughs) You make them to be worn. When you see a curvy woman and, you know, she's like a Marilyn Monroe... And she she owns it. She totally owns it. Totally, that it's it's just delicious. It looks amazing. It the does. confidence and everything that you know they exude is just it's that's just just raw beauty. It's totally sexy. Yeah, I totally agree. Okay, so I keep interrupting you. So let's go back to you had become a model. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've been modelling for a while, and then you met Blaze. Yep, is that how it worked? And yeah, you decided so together, I, let's well, just do something about this. It was a bit of a journey. So you know, it took from you know. Starting modelling to doing this was probably a fifteen-year gap. Oh, so okay. I went, so I went into um, modelling overseas in America, yeah. and I went into the corporate space, yeah. which was great because I got a lot of skill sets in, you know, the operations management side of things, and sales management, and relationship management, account management, events management, all of the things that I would eventually need for Hear Us Raw. Right. So I was kind of building my repertoire of skills. Yeah. Which I think is important, especially when you're going to own your own business. Absolutely. Um, and I think, you know, throughout the course of that journey, I just kept on thinking, what am I wearing? What am I wearing? What am I wearing? This where is the choice? Right. You know, I don't want to have to buy something internationally, so I basically have to buy six or seven items just to be able to get, you know, the, the cost yep. of shipping down to a reasonable. And then, you know, I did, I remember, and I think this is one of the triggers as well. There was two triggers for me personally. Yeah. One was I went on to ASOS and I bought seven dresses. And not one of them fit. Not one of them fit. Why and am I, not I was like, <laughs> I was seriously. And then I was like, hold on. So, so now I have to depressed. send it all back. And I, I was like, I can't be bothered. 
you know, like I, I was just like I gave them to my friends and, you know, it was just... Uh, I'm sure that, they it's just a, on that. But... Of course, but it's just a hassle, you yes, know? Yes, yes. Whereas the second thing was there was, and this was the year that um, I started, was I, do you remember when the jackets, you know, this kind of, you know, sports jackets were in, you know, yeah. where they, you'd have the roll. Oh, we, yeah, yeah. I still and, roll them up sadly yeah, on my Yeah, I love yes, that. Yes, But I wanted to find a really good, I didn't care what the price was. I was willing to spend whatever it took yeah. because I wanted a good quality, quality. sports jacket. I yeah. wanted to wear it over jeans. I wanted to wear it over shirts. I wanted to wear it over, you know, even to as the a office. Suit for as the a office. suit. Yep, yep. You know, relax, casual, you know, maybe even over a dress or something to, you know, an evening out, whatever. So I wanted variety. And I just wanted to find something, and I swear I spent five hours in the shopping centre going from store to store trying to find this. Nothing. Nothing. Right. And then the thing, the clincher, <laughs> was I went into Gorman. And now yeah. I knew Gorman wasn't going to have my size in fairness, but I went and I thought, well, she's going to know, right, because she's in fashion, high-end fashion. She's going to know where I can find this piece that, that I'm I looking so for. That's just a basic need. piece. Like, it's come a on. Basic it's piece. not like you're looking for a gold lame something or other. You're looking for your basic Sports black fit. navy tweed, whatever it exactly. is. Exactly. Yeah. And so I went in there and the, I expressed my, you know, my needs to the cust the, the salesperson behind the the counter, and she goes, "Oh yes, I know exactly. I know exactly what you need." Um, and she basically said, "Okay, so what you need to do is you need to go down to the very end." It's next to Target. There's a little store on the right. And I basically, I, I ran. ran. I, I was like, oh, my God, I'm so excited. And I I won't mention the, the store, but when I walked there, I turned and I looked at the store. I said, wow, that store is for over 60-year-olds. Yeah, right. And uh. I would have been probably, you know, 30 at the time. And I'm looking at this store and I just, and I just going, burst into tears. This is my only option. Yeah, I mean, I just crap. burst into tears. And I was like, wow, I can't even get a sports jacket. And I thought, this is ridiculous. Mm-mm. I'm not obese. No. You know, I'm not, you know, like why is all these brands and society excluding me from having something that I want, that I was willing to pay for? And I just got fed up and I was like, you know what, enough's enough. So I went in search and so did Blaze. We both went in search of designs. So where did you meet Blaze? Where, oh, what, what was that connection? So this is another great story. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> the stories after stories. So after that incident with the jacket, I thought, stuff it. I'm, I'm going to. I created a business called Adive, which was like Adam and Eve. And I was going to start with women's clothing and then get into the men's kind of plus size yeah, you know, yeah, okay. down the track. You know, yep. once I kind of, you know, got my, you know, the, my feet under the desk, so to speak, and started to run. Um, and so I reached out to all these designers. And so I had probably about 25 designers on the platform and we decided, or I decided that we'll do a runway. Right, nice. So I was like, okay, well, we Curvy Couture wasn't running because Curvy Couture... So can Couture, I just ask, did, were you doing runway when you were modelling as well? Were yes. you doing that as well? Okay, good. Yeah, so yeah. I had experience in it, but there was no runway that, one, specialised in curve, yeah. or the ones that did, didn't do curve in a kind Not of real premium curve. way. Oh, okay. It was okay. all just... So it was the grannies it, and... Yeah, uh, it was more just... The, low rent you know, kind low of target kind of... Kind of, you know, they just... You know, and it served a market, it served a purpose, and, you know, they did a great job, but there was nothing, to, there was no runway that I would want to go and sit down and, and, and pay to go and say, I wanted the equivalent of VAMP for Curve. Yeah. So I, I went out and I thought, you know, I'm going to do this. And so I got a ton of sponsors on board and we got Bella Model Management on board and, wow. and their models and we got a hair and makeup team from Iridus Cosmetics, which was really, you know, um, Peter was great and she brought a whole group of hair and makeup artists with her. 
Um, and we basically got the designs. We chose, or curated basically the designers down to about 15 because we yeah. couldn't have everybody just at yeah. the time or be sitting there doing a runway for five hours. <laughs> Although for us larger, curvy women, probably oh. sitting down for five hours and seeing oh. that there was that much out there yes. even would be... <laughs> amazing. Great. Well, so, and then the day came and we had banners and it was at the uh, the substation here in Newport. Right. And this is Melbourne for anyone Melbourne. who's wondering. Yep. Yes. And so it was completely decked out. We had like a, you know, stadium kind of seating and oh, wow. I had the runway sorted out and I had this beautiful like iron adive with flower display at the back of the runway. Yeah. And the models were pumped and the audience, people travelled from Tasmania and Sydney oh, and you know, Perth, all over the place to come and see this. And, you know, the feedback was incredible. And I had it all catered for, so there was beautiful hors d'oeuvres and the cupcake queens had these beautiful cupcakes with, you know, a div on the top. And, oh, you'd really gone oh, all that. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, literally, I had Spewing, gone I to the now. nth degree. And even <laughs> furniture. I got furniture brought in that was luxe, like, you know, big you know, kind of sofas and, and oh, you know, well like done. really it's like the little flower arrangements. It the is the, absolutely. So it was an incredible amount of work. You can imagine one person trying to manage yes. an abundance of, of things happening. Um, plus, of course, still run the business, you know. So it was like it was a, you know, it was a very, and I had a one-year-old yeah. at the time. Yeah, and yeah. so I would. Always it, happens when your babies are, oh, that's when I became really entrepreneurial. Was up. You just kind of go. You just go gonna, yeah, yeah, I'm going to make some changes here yes. for the life of my child, maybe. I don't know. But. I know. And that's – so I think that So was, you did this amazing so event. So we did this amazing event. And about probably four months before that, Blaze opened here us raw because she's from Sydney. Okay, so she was the one who kind of started the idea of a curvy marketplace. Well, I opened a div before Hear Us Raw was opened, yeah. but then she opened, and we had the same designers. Right. And she flew down to Melbourne to see the runway show that I was yeah. doing. And after the show, she stuck around and everyone left and we were all drinking or whatever. And she stuck around. She goes, Karina, oh, my God, this was incredible. It was amazing. And sparks just flew. We just fell in love with each Imagine other. Imagine what we could do. Imagine, it was basically <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah. And I was like, you know what? And I think that night as well, you know, I had a chat with my husband and he was like, Karina, you can't. We've got three kids. They need you and you're running 24 7 at this you know you've and i get so that you're so passionate about it and that's commendable but you've got to also have time for the family and so i thought to myself you know what let's do this let's you know because blaze couldn't do it all herself i couldn't do it all myself and we had so many and two plus one plus one really when it comes to women i think does make about four (laughs) i know right yeah and then we thought you know what we had so many plans and we wanted to open up pop-up stores all over australia that was both of our visions yeah right and so we thought let's do it and so we opened the first pop-up in sydney literally only probably maybe four months later Wow. And um, and we were together and it was on and we shared all of the news with all the designers and they were wrapped in the ones that weren't on Hear Us Raw. I brought across and vice versa. It was just like this kind of, you know, it was just consolidating and I love the name Hear Us Raw. That's why we So did, do I. We Absolutely choose. love the name Because we were like, well. oh, you know, like Adive. Or so Hear many Us Raw. Pe- I know, Which right? one will we take? And, <laughs> and so many people like kept on saying, is it Adivy or Adivy <laughs> or Adive? I was like, okay, the fact that there's yeah. confusion... No deal. Whereas there ain't no confusion no, with Hear Us Raw. Yeah, I loved it. And Blaze is incredible with branding and marketing. And So her background's retail as well, is that? Well, yeah, she's s- s- 
She's so much younger than me. <laughs> she's so That's much right. younger so than me. You're so much younger than I, me. I know, right? So she's um so so she kind of came out of uni and she did a startup, um, you know, lady startups and all that kind of Amazing. thing. And she was featured in Mamma Mia and um Marie Claire is like, you know, someone to sort of watch or you know, woman to watch in the future and um, you know, and we basically just brought our minds together and she basically came out of uni and straight into us raw effectively. Um, and drew all of her experience from, you know, her love of branding and the passion that she had about around fashion and the lack of choice and all the things that, you know, I've yep. just shared. And we just kind of, you know, hit the ground running. Hit the ground running. And how long ago was that? That would have been three years in September. I think it was right. three years in September is when Hear Us Raw launched. So now, so that's amazing. And I, and I love that story. I love I it know. when women come together and sparks fly with yes. business. It can be so exciting. But tell me about the entrepreneurial journey because you since then, and I know we touched on it on the show, but we didn't have a lot of time to talk about it, yep. have gone and tried to raise funding for it. Yes. Now, this is a whole nother kettle of fish. <laughs> oh, um, yes, I know that much. We, Because obviously as an entrepreneur, you learn, you're learning new skills every day and yes. there's no, not even a question of, oh, you know, that's not my job or no that's, way. <laughs> you know, that's, that's outside of my zone or whatever. It's just fuck, get in there and get get onto it. Like if you it's don't do it, no one else is going to. Correct. Do it. And right. I kind of love that too. And yeah. Blaze is very much like that as well. And um, so we both just we just learned. And so we are both extroverts, and I think that also has helped us greatly yes. because we we had to learn. We knew early on we needed funding, and it took us probably we thought thought to ourselves and the feedback that we had from our network was look get some runs on the board first because nobody's, you know, we're not, we're not blokes. We're not going to get, you know, it's he's funny. a million I know. I was going to, I was about to say, yeah, you've got to prove it, but actually my brother raised a million dollars off the back of a PowerPoint presentation. See? So I know with the guys, it's, it's and, and I just easier. had a guy come and visit me this week. Who's been doing the handle your own PR program. And he said, uh, oh yeah, I've managed to, I just got another mill. You know, yeah, last just, week. Like, they just throw just it around like, I mean, you just got to go even 100,000 oh would God. change I everything. Know. I know. And that's, you know, and I think that's the thing that it's it's very much a journey and perseverance and resilience you have to have in, in abundance. bucket loads. <laughs> because we went, we and we created the pitch deck, which is the basic PowerPoint presentation yeah. effectively that you need to be able to go and do all of, you know, have the in potential investor yes. understand about your business, where it's at, where it's been, where it's going, what you've done, what you want to do, what projects you've got. And what so you want, how much money you want and what you're, you're going to do want. with the money. Absolutely. Yep. And it's in detail and it's competitor analysis. It's, 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 it's hideous. It's I've spent of... about a year putting, trying to put one together for myself. Yes. And it's intense, but, yeah. you know, you get to the end of it and, you know, once again with Blaze, it, it was brilliant. We just kind of worked off each other because, we, you know, we've got similar but yet different skill sets. Yeah. So we worked off each other and, you know, we just put it together and um, we went to scale investors and we went to Was that the first one that you went no, to? No, that was probably so, the last one. I was going to say, was, so for anyone that doesn't know, scale investors is a VC fund that is or a VC company that has only got female um, contributions and only supports female founders. So no, 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 no. Sorry, oh. I'm gonna have to. So, yeah, correct me. Sorry, I just so it only supports female founders, but the actual people on the committee or the people that would VCs that would potentially be yeah. giving the money is women and men. Oh, I didn't so, know that. Yeah, I, so I, it's not exclusively right. women investing in women. It's, it's still, it, but it's people who want to, to exclusively invest, invest in female in founders. Correct. And so, right. um, you know, so we uh, we originally went to um, we worked our networks right. and got a series of um, 
really solid information and really helped us to elevate ourselves from people in the industry and people, you know, outside of the industry that, you know, have experience in this. Mm -hmm. Um, And we basically um, started networking at, you know, wholesale investors and, you know, places that we could kind of go to work the room. And we would basically go and introduce ourselves to everybody that was there. You know, what are you looking for? Here's our, you know, here's our elevator pitch, you know, that kind of thing. And um, then... We had we identified there's probably a handful of individual VCs potentially that kind of focus on the retail sector. Yeah. Um, and I think the the thing for us was not only does we, you know less than three percent of women get funded in Australia, <laughs> yes. but retail's not a sexy industry to be in really from a VC perspective. It's not. It doesn't yeah, deliver right. results in an you know immediately it's, it's not like probably also or, slightly higher risk but i wouldn't have thought that that would be unattractive to them in some ways well because, no well i mean you, you just no. you look at some of the businesses and i'm not on a man hating spiel here at all but i just am so envious because you look at the businesses that guys have you say retail's not sexy but i'm sure that if you were a bloke and you were going in there with a mimco or, or whatever you'd find funding straight away so i just i mean look and i'm probably guessing mm. but i actually had a really interesting conversation with um, Aaron Young, who runs Ticker TV the other day, about this, because I was saying, I'm not a man-hater. I'm not turning She's the Boss into man-hating. And he said, well, just something you should know, Jules. And I was like, what? And he said, when we first put out, um, uh, we on LinkedIn started saying, I'm looking for people to interview. He said, you were one of two women and about 150 guys that responded. And I said, are you kidding? Yeah, and he wow. said, no. And then he said, and I've been speaking to a friend of his or something, to do with investment and, and he, that the feedback I'm getting, and I, and of course you're going to get this from different angles is just hardly any women are applying, which is part of the reason why. I just wonder if they just don't know where to get started or that that they can't do the pitch deck, which is so hard to do. Yeah. Or what it is. It's just interesting, isn't it? Oh, maybe I, that was the, the reality of, I heard. of juggling, you know, family life well, plus yeah, business I mean, life plus the VC world. It's it's a it's and a big also ask. we speak we do speak a bit of a different language. And and yeah, Joe Munro, who I've interviewed in this, worked for Men Are from Mars, Women Are from Venus for mm. a while, and she talks about how women just do not ask for things in the way that guys understand they're yeah, being asked for something. <laughs> do you know yeah, what I mean? of course, of course, and that so, makes sense. Yeah, it kind of does because, yeah. I don't know, we kind of ask in a roundabout. I mean, I know that I have gone away from VCs and said, gosh, I just wish somebody would just pipe up and offer me money thinking that they might do that just on the back of me saying that or say, oh, well, I'll help you. We'll just fill out yeah. that document. But I don't think they actually hear those words. No. They, they don't hear that you're actually asking them. Yeah. They just think that you're making a joke about it. No, so it's it, be, yeah, yeah it's we're not be clear deck. enough. It's got to be direct. But anyway, so you so you started off with so yeah, so we went and we had um, so we got lots of research under our belts, and we you know then we started to kind of work the room at like places like you know wholesale investor, and then we kind of identified a few key people to sit down within the retail sector, um, and they weren't in the position at the point in time that we sat down with. It was literally just before bushfires. So it was right, like oh, your worst timing, timing. Yeah. It was horrible. followed closely by pandemic. Correct, and so and then just before um, during the bushfires, but just before COVID hit, we did around so we sat down with the CEO and her counterpart for scale investors and l- they loved it they loved the concept they loved our pitch deck yeah loved you know basically what we'd achieved thus far because I always had this you know you've got to have some runs on the board you know pe- do a million and then someone will give you a million that yeah kind of right concept, yes you know? yes yes 
And so we wanted to get some runs on the board and want to prove our worth. Yeah. And then we basically thought, well, okay, well, now that we've got runs on the board, here's, you know, here's our great story. Uh, you know, here's our exponential growth curve. Yeah. Give us some coin, <laughs> you know, and so it and was. Then we love your curve. Yeah. Right? So did you say something else? Yeah. Yeah. No. Exactly. Hundred <laughs> So it was. So they wanted to get us in front of us. You know. So basically, the way it works is they send out basically your pitch deck to their investment right. community or who with they, a recommendation of we think correct. this is a goer. Yeah, yep. and they they sort of pinpoint who they would sort of target within their community. Um, and then, yeah, so then the they don't continue the process unless there's been a minimum sort of $250,000 right. raised by at least one, if not more, of okay, those. Okay, of the initial. Of the initial sort of. Um, angel investors, I think process. they are. Yeah. yeah. So um, when we did it, it was, yeah, it was bushfires. It was just before Christmas um, and we didn't get that. We didn't raise those okay. funds, and yeah. that was kind of what stopped us. And then we had the pandemic, so we're kind of like, oh, pause. Yeah. <laughs> funny about that. Yeah, yes. funny about that. So it's that kind what of what a journey, though. That's it's amazing. Been incredible. But I have to say, um, you have to have thick skin, Jules. You just yeah. have to have thick skin. That's and you... really good advice, actually. I'm never when I ask people about advice, people don't say that, but you are you a do. million percent true. And you know, you got to get out of your own head. Like you know, there's so many. And I know this from my personal experience and also from a lot of the women I know is you've got to get out of your own head and believe you can do it because we, I don't know, every, every female that I have surrounded myself with has always had a little portion of themselves. Oh no, you're not worthy of that. Or I don't don't even know. Would you know, maybe it's, maybe it's sort of that we give ourselves confidence. Well, maybe we just give ourselves permission to fail. Like if this doesn't work, it's not going to be the end of the world. And by Opening that little door, mm. I wonder whether you are immediately kind of allowing yourself, allowing yourself to, that it's not going, it might not work, mm. and so you don't kind of single-mindedly push ahead. I don't know what it is, but I 100% agree with you, and, and I, I am afflicted a, by it. I mean, there's also a lack of confidence as well. I think with those women that are out there that have had kids mm. trying to get back into uh, a oh space god, of that's business. such a tough tough time. As you know, well. so I think you know you're coming from. Having kids, you know, some mums do a side hustle and, you know, start breastfeeding and, you know, all, you know, having all Turning that into something. Turning it into something. Um, and, you know, then having to kind of couple that with, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm mum, mum hat's on, but then hold on, let me just put on my VC hat so yes. I can, you know, get that funding. And, Which is about as far away from mum hat oh, as, as you could possibly 100%. be. So it's, yeah, yeah it's, it's yeah. intense. Yeah, amazing. All right. Well, what a journey. Okay, now I've got a whole lot of other little funny, quirky questions yeah, I'm it. going to ask you along the way. So, are there now? And I don't. Well, you've already told me about the the amazing blaze, but let me just ask you because I just think this podcast is for women in business, and it's about women in business. So, have there been any women in business that have helped you along the way? Um, Enormously. Any particular Enormous. ones that sort of stand out that you can um, do a little shout out or a little story George for us? Brooke, I just no, <laughs> no, not me. I love it. Um, <laughs> so I think for me, there's sort of two sides to that question. I kind of, you know, I kind of see because there's been a lot of women in my life from a corporate sense before yep. I went on my entrepreneurial okay. journey. Yeah. Um, you know, and I think, you know, a lot of, you know, I love in a corporate space when women support women. Yes. You know, and they really try and... Because we have very much a tall poppy syndrome in Australia and, we, you know, everybody kind of wants to pull you down 
if they see you achieving. Well, so. and, and also there is a culture in corporate land anyway that it is, is a bit dog-eat-dog. Dog. And, mm. you know, I mean, I'm not in any way saying anyone is a dog, but I'm just saying we've got to climb up over... Of course. The, uh, unfortunately, the broken bodies of others to yeah, get to reach to get the glass it, ceiling, yeah. and, which is you know, not... Which is shattered anyway. <laughs> which is just, <laughs> just cracked. Yeah. And, you know. yeah. Um, so I, you know, I think that there's been a lot of people holistically in my life that have, have done that. And I have always tried to, and probably not successfully at times, but I've always tried to be that for others. And I think as yeah. I've had kids and gotten older, I'm very much in tune with ways that I can help others as well. So I think that's very much in that kind of entrepreneurial journey. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I would have to say all of the designers that I, you know, work that I with. work with for Hear Us Raw these women are incredible. Like I just, their stories alone are, you know, are just amazing. And, you know, two that kind of stand out for me um, would be Danica, who is the founder of a brand called Revoke. Yeah. Um, She is a mum of two and she's incredible. She lives in Adelaide, but she's totally business savvy, but she's juggling because she's got two kids and, you know, life. Um, and the other one, Mary, which is Mary by design, she's based in Sydney and she's a bundle of laughs and she's effervescent and she's, you know, they're always very supportive of what I'm doing. And, you know, obviously I try and reciprocate that with what I can do through Hear Us Raw as well. I think that's great. I think that if you can have people around you that are positive yeah. and people around you that have a can-do attitude, yeah. it really helps. And even if it is in corporate land, I mean, I have literally only probably spent five years of my life working for another company, but it was a fabulous company that was like a big family. It was mm-hmm. had about 150 employees and we all knew each other. And even now, 30 years later, we still have reunions. Like yeah, it's that kind so of a, a weird one. But I had a boss there And the thing that she said to me that has always resonated, because I love change, so I am a bit weird in that I love change and um, different things, but I remember her saying to me, it's only when you let go that things will happen. And I didn't know quite what she meant at the time, but I remember leaving that job and all of a sudden all these options coming to me and I was sort of like, oh, I wonder if that's what she meant. And then in in my own businesses I've been hyper... um, entrepreneurial like to a stupid degree where I've had maybe six different things on the go at at any one time and I think it was another woman that said to me you know just focus it was a guy that said focus and then I remembered the boss again it's like let go because as soon as you let go things will start to happen yeah and it's really true um I think anyway as a as a sort of little bit of advice, but there was just this fantastic woman who I loved, who was single and she Mm. treated all of us really I mean we were all in our early 20s we were like her family um, there's always there's also another um, a saying by Oliver Wendell Holmes that I absolutely love that I try and live by, um, and it's a bit quirky, but it's to 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 find the simplicity the other side of complexity. To find the simplicity on the other side of complexity. Yes. So yeah. in other words, do the work. Yeah. You know, do the work, do the hard yards, get in, get amongst it, learn all you need to do whatever it takes, and then enjoy and relax once you've achieved it. You know, oh, you look back, you know, don't take the easy way out and just take, right, yep, I've got that, you know, simplicity, it's just done. Um, but, you know, to do the work and to have that kind of that complexity, if you, you knuckle down in you, the complexity, the one. other side of simplicity. I do love it. There was, and one more, just there was yes. a guy I remember um, who's also on Ticket TV now, Scott Kilmartin, and he and I did an, had our entrepreneurial journey almost at the same time. So he had a, a um, 
he was making bags out of billboards, had a business called Hall, and I was just launching Handle Your Own PR. And I remember saying to him at one stage, oh my God, Scott, like I would never tell anyone else, but I've got about $16 in the bank and I do not know what I'm going to do tomorrow. And I remember him saying, Jules, that's going to be chapter two of your autobiography. And I was like, what the hell does that mean? He said, well, chapter one is always, this is my successful story. And I now have this fabulous life and live with all these amazing people and I can buy whatever I want. And I'm on holiday all the time. And I was like, right. And he said, uh, and yet chapter two is always, but it wasn't always this way. Let me take you back to when I was living on baked beans and living in a flat. And you know, it is true, isn't it? Yeah, no, it's in. Oh, absolutely, and and that that is the journey you sacrifice so much, so much, and so much of your life because it mm. does take years as oh, well. Of course, it does. So and you've got to love what you're doing. You've I mean, regardless, and you can't be doing it for the money because the money doesn't always no. come through. No, that's right. Um, you've just got to love it. All right, so um, where are we for time? We've got enough time for me to ask you some pivotal moments. Big successes, failures, things that have gone well or gone badly that you've learned from that you want to share, and you, and I'm not forcing you to. So no, there, of course, there's, there's oh, it's, the, the list is endless. <laughs> but I think the first thing. But I have there been big moments? Yeah, I think the first thing I want to say on this is to just holistically to never get caught up once you've made the decision. So whatever the let decision, go. yeah, let go. <laughs> so don't look in the rearview mirror. So if I, I would have made a plethora of mistakes yes, throughout the course of yes. the Hugh Russell journey. And I can guarantee you that there's no point fixating on them because that's not going to do here us or any no. good or myself. So it's like, she, okay, well, what have I learned from that? Let's apply it and move forward. Forget it next. It's that those kind of yep. moments and those kind of, um, I think one of the things that we did too soon was we tried to get into the US market. Okay. So, we so got, what did that involve? So we got... When we were going through trying to find investors, we did meet with a couple of Texas men that were interested. <laughs> wow! In, yes, in in giving us like a you know actually a bit Texas of money. being a state that I would imagine probably does have some larger oh, women. Absolutely, that's yeah, absolutely. that's not as out there as I thought. Yeah, yeah, and so um, they were just dazzled and they loved what we were doing. They you know we sit down. Oh my god, it was we were there for hours just expressing all the things we wanted to do and they were just so motivated by it and they talked all the way home in the plane apparently about you know all the things all the things do. they could do what happened um well basically they said look let's just give you a little bit of money to test out the american dream so to speak the american market um and so they did but they sort of managed it and it wasn't we weren't set up and we weren't ready too too young it's too young and we were still trying to you know we're still trying to grow the australia new zealand market and still trying to get you know more of a process you know established about how to get more international designers on books that's a real challenge for us here in australia because of shipping costs yeah right so you know so in terms of the retail in terms of how much it's going to end up costing the customer exactly and also returns like if you know if you buy something from us and it comes from denmark yes you know exactly i can't get you to send it back to denmark so it has to go through here us or and how do we manage that and there's also processing the costs associated with you know yeah being able to you know get that back and 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 staff involved and there's it's quite complex complex it's not as simple as oh you know he's a label you know yeah what I mean? yeah absolutely um so you know so we we i think we're a little bit too young and i think we were still trying to find our feet locally yeah and and I, I, think, did, I did the same thing i i had handle your own pr in america within a year of launching and i've actually done it three times and it has never worked yeah i you think know, you also it's... need a presence there 
you know, if we'd had someone yeah. over there to kind of, you know, really kind of not knock on doors, but, you know, be <laughs> that, that instigator and really be able to understand well, the my, culture. And my big learning out of it was I'd, having someone doing it part-time doesn't work. So it's mm. very easy to go and find another mum in America who loves what you're doing, who says, great, I'll do it on the side while I'm looking after the kids mm. and, um, you know, working my part-time job. And it just doesn't work that way in no. the same way that... With my business, I had it as a side hustle for many years and it wasn't until I made the leap and worked in it that it really started to take off. And I think the same thing um, when you when you jump into another country is you've got to have worked out where all your sales are coming from and what the yep. processes are going to be 100%. here. Rather, I mean, I remember at the time going, oh, my God, you know, they've got such a massive market. We're going to need a yes. tiny bit. We're going to have hundreds of customers and it's going to fund everything. Yeah, no, I work. mean, yeah, I mean, that's... That's that would be glorious. I know, absolutely glorious. And you do and read about those in magazines and go, "Oh, I might be like them," do. but it, I don't. But I, I think, think that's one percent. I think, from our perspective, we need to do more research. We need to understand the U.S. curve woman better. Who, who would be, I would imagine, larger than the Australian curve woman? Sure, as well. and, and you know, there's differences. Like the U.S. market, they're they're open to a lot being more bold and vivacious and colour and print and, you know, all of the things that, you know, Australia's very conservative. No, but are we? I don't know. No, I, I always... Are. Do you? Yeah, I do. felt like not, we're, we're, we're not better. given any options, so therefore yeah. we are... We, we, are, we do what with what's given to us. But yeah. I, I'll never forget going to Florida on my way to Jamaica on a holiday with my big boobs and walking into a JCPenney and in the $5 bin or something it was, you know, like it was a sale bin were the most gorgeous bras and undies yeah. that fit me. Yeah, and they had them up to like Z, double Z. I mean, yeah. they were just so huge. Oh, yeah. And they said, yeah, yeah, we've got, you know, we're used to it here. And I thought, wow, we don't even have that here to oh, see yeah. whether it would have worked. And here we are, we're now 20 years later and they do have bras for that yeah. are colourful for bigger boobs and yeah. they have gone yeah. down that route. And I think, God, they could have done that like 30 years oh, ago and put 100%. me out of my agony at the time. I know. Yeah, 100%. And look, we've got a long way to go. Yeah. And we've got, you know, there's still so many gaps in the curve well, market. Just so, Australia is one of those countries, I think, that you, you're – not that you're ashamed if you're bigger, but we are so obsessed with sport and flat stomachs yeah. and athleticism that if you are not that kind of a woman, and I never have been, never have. then it's – it's just really demoralising, whereas I felt like in America they have so many millions of people and they have so many millions of overweight people mm. that they know the market's there, that it's worth them giving it a go, whereas here we just don't get access to No, and then you have all. the, you know, the token brands that will say, hey, we're going to Curve. Woo, look at us. <laughs> and, you know, they, they're and doing they it two just... two items or yeah, something. Yeah, they're doing it just to get on the bandwagon of... You know, the, the kind of FOMO, curve. just yeah. in case we've got two or three larger women in yes. our audience, we should we should do it. Which is ridiculous. Okay, so now talk to me about um, being an entrepreneur how, and a mum. Yes. How are you juggling work and life? What sort of hours do you work and how do you... Yep. Do you I have think there's a clear th- time that's work no, and not work? No, well, I think it's it's two two answers to that. There's the <laughs> there's the COVID answer yeah, well, and we, then there's the real answer. So, okay, well, give me the COVID the answer The COVID first. answer is... Yes, I stay home with my children yeah, all the time. <laughs> basically, when COVID hit, um, you know, Blaze and I kind of made the decision, you know, family comes first. I've got three kids. I had to homeschool. 
Um, and we really scaled back on, and also out of respect for everybody, really, we scaled back on the whole, hey, look at me. But know, I mean, well, I reckon retail must have frozen for that first month anyway, because people were like, I don't even know if I'm going to be getting any more money. So why am I going to spend it spend on clothes? It on anything. Um, and and if know, I don't have a job, I don't, that's right. And I don't so I need that dress. Um, so yeah, I so did we, hear that um, Louis Vuitton, LMVH or whatever it is, yep. the, the, that brand had a 90% dip in sales through COVID. And I thought when you have a brand that's all about, you know, people need to see it to see how clever, you know, like expensive handbags mm. that need to be seen so people go, oh, she must be rich because look what she's wearing. Mm. And when all that disappears, the your market's market. gone. Yes, so, I know, I know. So, he, sorry, anyway, so for oh, you, yeah, so, COVID. Um, <laughs> so COVID was very much a, you know, kind of take the accelerator off and just pause. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, holistically that was great for everybody, um, you know, kind of a good message, kind of get back to that Take that a pause and breathe. Stage and then, you know. But outside of that, the first year when I started a Dave, it there was no balance. I right. had a one-year-old, I had a three-year-old, and I had a five-year-old. How you even fitted in having those pregnancies? Were you back at work within six weeks? No, 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 no. I... So I breastfed for a year with Jason, I breastfed for a year with Oliver, and then I breastfed for eight months with Hannah. Wow. So will you bring them, just bring them with you everywhere? No. So... Oh, shut up. <laughs> what, what did you do? <laughs> and then... Um, so, no. So when I started Deep, Hannah was one, so I wasn't breastfeeding at the time, but I was working from home because all of, you know, it's a marketplace. So it's yeah. all online. So it's lots of phone calls, lots of, you know. So she was playing. So she was, you know, I had, you know, a really, really solid support network which yeah. I'm very blessed to have my my mom my mother-in-law friends like you know so I'm really lucky so if I did have a meeting or I did have something that I really did need to focus you know that one-on-one real kind of consolidated time I'd just pass them off to yeah. you know wherever or I'd increase their days in kinder or daycare depending on where they were I think Jason was at school in prep at that time right so it was really it was a challenging time um so it was definitely I I was on the go 24-7. And hubby working as well? Absolutely. So he, the kids were just in care and with, yes. and with friends and family. Yeah, okay. so, so that was kind of – so I basically got to the point where I was literally allowed to get home, washing goes on, dinner gets cooked. Um, Bath is run. Yep. Bottles are out. Yep, bed. absolutely. <laughs> it was literally – and literally, you know, John would entertain them for a couple of hours between sort of that five to seven time frame. Yeah. And I'd be working, I'd have my laptop up and I'd be working. Um, and then, you know, then I'd pause to go and put them to bed and to, you know, read a story or do baths or whatever and also to help because there's three. Yeah. And then once they did, I'd stay and I'd be up till one o'clock in the morning and only to do it all over again. But I was my, you know, I was, it was only me. Yeah. So I had, I had, I felt like the weight of the world was on my shoulders because I had to get this right and I had to get, you know, I had Well, wow, you're all these a hard taskmaster and- for yourself though. Yeah, but I think I, I learned that along yeah. the ways. And especially meeting Blaze was a great, you know, because we were able to sort of divvy up the work. Yes. And she was great at saying to me, Karina, stop. Just pause. We just need to stop here. This and is not that urgent. Yeah, it's just not urgent. Take your just weekend. go home. <laughs> yes. Your kids need you or you've got that event or whatever. Just we'll do it tomorrow. And I was like, I love you. Yeah. You know, it's oh, almost good. like she just gave me that freedom of like just take this. It's funny, isn't it? We've, when we've got this. I call you know? it when you have a really good female partner i had a, fa- a, a 
business partner in my um, PR agency as well. And they do fully support you and kind of, I used to call her my enabler. I would just yes. go, she lets me do yeah. what I want to do. She yeah. tells me to go home and says, don't feel guilty. No. I'll never forget firing a client once. And I said to her, I am still shaking. I hated doing that. And she went, that's the whole reason we work for ourselves. Yes. We don't have to work for anyone you don't like. That's right. <laughs> I remember thinking, so I love true. you, Simone. If I was on my own, I would have been in bits over oh, that. Yeah, and that's, but you, I think as women, especially because we're more empathetic, I think we need someone there to kind of give us Prop that, us up a bit, you know, yeah. to say that that's okay. And I think the second thing that I learned along the way that I wanted to probably touch on that I think was relevant is we don't celebrate our successes. I remember a few, like a, a year or two back, I remember we hit 500K in wow. sales or something. And um, I was just going at 100 miles an hour. And I'm like, right. And, and you know, Blaze said, yeah. And I'm like, yep, next. Right. We've got this to go over over here. We've got this. We're so busy because we've got half a million dollars going through yeah, the business. Yeah, I know. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And she's like, Karina. I'm like, yeah. She's like, stop. Did you hear what I just said? <laughs> yeah. And? And she's like, um, I'm going to go get a bottle of wine. I'll see you at your place in, you know, 10 minutes or whatever. Like it was just that yeah, moment right. where we don't celebrate, we don't stop to celebrate the success that we do it's have. It's really important I, that you, you know, do. I think I, I over-celebrate, possibly, possibly <laughs> celebrate to compensate you for you. <laughs> but with Simone and I, we'd be like, oh, let's go and treat ourselves to lunch. We've had such a good yes. day today. Let's go out for dinner. I know, and then right? we'd start going, well, it's business and the business is doing really well. Let's go to a really expensive restaurant. So we did that yep. a few times. Why not? And that's but the thing that I think. I think that is important to yeah, celebrate those milestones. Yeah, and I think Blaze taught me that because I didn't allow myself because I am I was so used to just, come on, next, let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go. Because I, I like being busy. It's my natural personality. I don't like to stop. Um, you know, that's just, I enjoy that. So, you know, but when she said, you know what, I was getting almost entrepreneurial fatigue. Yes. And so if, by her saying that, I was like, oh, my God, Yes. Stop. Stop for breathe. five minutes. And enjoy just the breathe. <laughs> yeah, enjoy the sunshine. Yes. Go outside and have a breath of fresh air. Yeah, and we're so used to kind things. of running that you know sometimes we do to stop to say, hey, that's not working. We need to pivot over here, or that's working really well. Let's Actually, do that that's again. A good point too, because the stopping also gives you a bit of perspective. Freedom, yeah, to, to, and objectivity to, to, to just kind of look back at what you were doing and adjust if necessary. Yes. Um. Brilliant. Well, we're coming towards the end, but I always ask this, and and I get interesting answers, but. Is there a quirky fact that people don't know about you that you'd like to share? Quirky fact. <laughs> there um, isn't, I used to matter. play saxophone to the point where I almost used to be able to teach it. Are you kidding? Yeah, I got to level seven Amy B. Are you in bands? No, I never. So I, I went down. I had this dream, like when I was in high school or uni or whatever, that I'd be on the, I'd be like a front boss page of Rolling Stone, and like just <laughs> be like this total badass, and I'd be on the front cover of BRW magazine in like this suit with like serious glasses. And you oh, know, you've like, got it all planned. Oh, it was did just, it have a saxophone in it somewhere <laughs> in that image? <laughs> no, I, it was. Yeah, no. I mean, I I look back now, not that you know, reminisce on it, but you know, it's. You know, I look back and I never really focused on modelling overseas. So I was too busy wanting to find my next corporate gig. My next yeah, right. corporate, you know, my, you know, my, I really wanted to prove myself in the corporate space. Uh-huh. So it was, um, yeah. So I, you know, I could have done so many different things, but you know. Oh, I know. Life is it, brilliant, isn't That's it? right. I, well, I mean, I say to people, because I love decorating houses and I love doing like, you know, that changing rooms kind of thing of you've got no money. Let me just, I could, with a, with a can, a couple of cans of paint and moving your furniture around, I could make everything look different. And I love doing that. And then people started saying to me, oh, would you do, I did it for a couple of friends. And they were like, oh, would you do it? Our friends really like it. And I went, 
No, because I would have, I need probably four different Jules's. Yeah. So I can do all the different jobs I would have yeah, liked to have no. done. And saxophone player would have been incredibly cool. It would have well, been so cool. Can you still play though? Um, well, I have, I've got the saxophone at home. I actually haven't picked it up in like 15 years. The time to pick it up and know. show the kids that you can yeah. make it make noise. Make, make even. noise. Maybe when I'm, you know, older, I'll join a band. And yeah. Be like, you know. Well, I just became a TV presenter at 53. Well, so there, there you, you go. go. All right. So now for just, a, this is just a bit of fun and it's not relevant to business really, but on your phone, I just love apps. So yes, this is a, for no reason other than me being nosy. What are the two most useful apps on your phone outside of banking? I don't want to oh, banking yeah, no, to be or mail or whatever. Um, just... For me, it would definitely be Go Noodle. Oh, what's Go Noodle? Go! Oh, you've got to get amongst it. It's, what is it's it? terrible. It's like, it's, it's so a game. Great. No, it's for the kids. So right. basically, it's for Hannah really because it's you know that kind of you know five year old age kind of yeah. range. Um, but it's basically, it's just all these kids that are dancing to these really, really catchy songs. And it's like Eye of the Tiger or something. That's, oh, okay. You know, and those kind of who let the dogs out kind yeah, of Yeah, like, and, the, and so she follows along and she does the dance and it's just hilarious to watch. And then you can't get watch. it out of your head. Exactly. Exactly. And the other one I would, yeah, I think, oh, ABC3 for kids, like, because okay. What about why. what about apps for you? Do you have any apps that you no. use for business or that you no. use yourself for fun? No, I try. That's really, really interesting. Well, I try really, really hard, really hard to make sure that I don't go down the rabbit hole of all of the distractions. Right. Because you know, God, you are one single-minded woman, aren't well, you? I love just, it. It's just more if it's there. And there's a, you know, there's a number 10 next to the Instagram or something else on LinkedIn or Facebook. There's, you know, you've got the numbers. Yes, well, there's you, the social apps. You have the social apps or even in my mail, you know, I've got this tendency that I, I need to know what is it. It's like if someone's ringing on the phone, who is it? I've got to pick it up. I just got to know. <laughs> so funny. So I, I try used really to be, hard. So to... I used to be that like that with my mail and then I started putting it through Gmail. I don't know if mm. you've done anything like that. And now I have 29,000 unread emails on my phone. I oh would, in the olden days, I would have had a heart attack at having one. Same. But when I was on Outlook, I was able, I would just Pull mark them the as unread. I'd make through all of them and I'd either delete them or whatever. And with G Drive or Gmail, it comes through three different kind of sections, whether it's oh. updates, promotions or mail. And that is the beginning of the downfall because you don't see all the ones that are, you yeah. know, the newsletters okay. and the whatevers and the appointments yeah. and things. And slowly yes. they start to disappear and you go, I'm not going to go back six weeks worth yes, and no. remove them. So no. you end up with these outrageous numbers of yeah. unread emails no, so I'm pretty phone. good. I only subscribe to the things that, you know, that I like business of fashion or, you know, all the things that oh, I really would, yeah. you know, that I would want to learn from a podcast. I, get, I just get added like to things, I think, without um, – yeah, I spend I a lot of time unsubscribing. Unsubscribe, sorry. Yeah, because to... otherwise my email gets full of crap. Absolutely. And so as soon as crap. I see something I know I'm never going to, you know, be interested in or want to see again, I straight away unsubscribe. So then I just – it's done. Oh, you're good. Well, you have there's to. A thing, there's an get... app called Unroll Me, unroll.me, mm. that will go through and – delete things that you haven't looked at yeah, and also unsubscribe you from things. It just gives you big long lists of things you've subscribed to and yes. you can just go in and do it, yes. which I did for a while. And then I think I deleted something I really wanted or I couldn't find. I went, oh, oh my God, I'm not going to do it anymore. Yeah, that's not good. All right. Well, I think that this has been the most amazing chat. Thank I love, you. love, love speaking with you and thank hearing you about so your journey. And thank you for being so me. honest. And, um, you know, sharing so much with us because some people would like to position themselves as being, you know, 
perfect yeah. and I don't think perfection really helps anyone or, or yeah. anything I know. so I really really appreciate it. now if anyone wants to get hold of you what's the best way to do that I'm um, probably just email is probably the best so Karina which is k-a-r-i-n-a yeah at hearusraw.com.au. Okay, fantastic. Well, I highly recommend Hear Us Raw as well. And um, I have a feeling you'll be popping up in all sorts of exciting places in the future. I and I love so. it that I've been having a chat with a model. Oh, stop <laughs> it, bless. So thank you very much. Thanks, Jules. I appreciate your time. I hope you've enjoyed this She's the Boss chat episode. It was great to have you here. If you want to stay in touch, you might also like some of the other things that we've got going on with She's the Boss. Firstly, I've got the She's the Boss show, which is on Ticker TV. Now, you can watch that either on tickertv.com.au or you can download the Ticker app from any of the app stores. So Apple and Android, and they've got an app that is for your phone, for your iPad or tablet, and for the smart TV. Or you could join us for our free Zoom lunches for female founders that we hold online. The best way to do any of these things really is go to she'stheboss.com.au and on there you can register for the lunches and I've also got links to the website. So either way, I hope you've enjoyed it. I'm really enjoying digging down and getting down to the nitty gritty with these women and I hope you'll join me for the next episode. 